How long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. We'd like to concentrate on verse number 3 and number 4. Verse number 3 says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Verse number 4, Lest my enemies should say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice that I am moved, that I fall, that I'm shaken for my downfall. I believe today that we're in a world that we don't realize who our enemies really are. We're in a world that we are blind to the condition. I believe this today, sitting in Liberty Baptist Church this morning, are people that are blind to their spiritual condition. And if God does not open your eyes and God does not enlighten us to the condition that we're in, it's going to be a great fall. It's going to be a fall eternally and everlastingly. It's going to be a fall that will never, never end. The psalmist said, Lord, lighten my eyes. Do you know who your enemy is today? The devil is one of your enemies. But that's not all. That's not all. But uh, just bear with me for a minute. In, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 4, the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. He's a liar from the beginning. But I'd like to read a Scripture, I believe, that so uh, describes him and so fools us. We're fooled continually. Are we not? We're fooled continually. Second, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 4. Second Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 4. I'm sorry. 11.14 And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. We think the devil's dark. He's the prince of darkness. He's a liar from the beginning. He's a murderer. But know this, When He came to Eve, I believe that He looked like an angel of light. I believe that He looked like that that was believable. I believe that He looked like that that you could put your faith and trust in. And I believe that man is so mesmerized 
and so overcome. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said that the devil was more subtle than any beast of the field. That he, in Paul's vision, that he transforms himself. He changes himself into an angel of light. Know this, friend, that the devil is your enemy. But I want you to think a little farther with me. This this devil suits the desires of man. Your desires are also your enemy. Don't be fooled. The devil is going to give Eve exactly what she's desiring. He's going to tell her, now Eve, if you'll follow me and follow my lead, you're going to be like God. (coughs) You're going to be smarter. You're going to be sharper. You're going to enjoy more. God is holding out on you. But the devil appeals to the desires of the flesh. You know, the devil never ever told me I was lost. The devil told me that I was as good as that lady and that man and those people. And that is exactly what I wanted to hear. He gave me and gave unto me exactly what I wanted to hear. And know this, He never ever tells the truth. He always tells a lie. And the psalmist said, Lord, if You don't open our eyes, we are going to sleep the sleep of death. We are going to die eternally, Lord, if You don't open our eyes. We need our eyes open, folks. Our eyes need to be open today, not only to the devil, but to our own desires. He said there in Genesis 3, 6, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, was it good for food? Was it good for food? It was death. To eat this was death. Where did she get that it was good for food? From the eye. When she saw, what was she seeing? She was seeing with a natural eye. What is the psalmist saying? Is the psalmist saying, I need my natural eye open, lest I sleep the sleep of death? No, no. The psalmist is saying, God, if You don't open my spiritual eye, my eternal eye, my inward eye, Lord, if You don't open the eye of my inward man, I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. I'm going to die and my enemies are going to prevail over me and they're going to see of the great fall that is coming to me. But the woman saw that it was a tree to be desired. It was good for food, that it was a pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. You know what it's going to do? It's going to make us wiser. It's going to make us better than what God intended. Isn't that amazing? That the devil is going to show us something that's going to make us better than what God wants for us. But the truth is, what's in you, your own desire, falls right into the ploy of the devil. Know this, friend, that your desires many times is your enemy. The devil is your enemy. 
your own desires, your own longings, your own lust, and I don't mean that lust in a bad way. I mean lust many times in a good way, in a moral way, in an upright way. But if it is against the Word of God, know this, that it's going to have a dreadful end to it. So, the psalmist said, Lord, consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, lest lighten my eyes. God, give light to me. Lord, I am in darkness, and if You don't lighten my eyes, I am not going to be able to escape from this, from this situation that I'm in but, uh, by the devil and by my own desire and by the honest of God truth, by our own deception, we are going to end up in a place of eternal and everlasting death if God doesn't open our eyes. And you know, most likely... 100% of the people here today are going to say, I already know. I have been enlightened. I wonder. I wonder if you really have. So, the desire of man. Now, you know, the desire of man, what's going to happen? I tell you, man's senses are going to be dulled when the devil sells his bill of goods to you and you believe it and you follow it and you follow your own desire, you follow what's within you, your perception of you becomes dimmer. Can you see this? That man today, every man justifies himself. Isn't that true? Our perception of the condition we're in is tainted, is marred, is clouded because of the fall. We do not see ourselves as God sees us. We look at one another with a natural eye and we justify the life that we're living and we say, I did it. Before I was saved, I said, I'm going to heaven. I'm as good as anybody, and I'm better than a multitude. But the reason that I thought like that is because of the lies of the devil, the fall of man, my own desires, and my own self-justification, I found myself in a place that my eyes needed to be opened by God. You're there too. And you notice this little word, lest. Do you remember another place? Does John speak about that? If we're not born again, will we see the kingdom of God? Will there be any perception of what the kingdom of God is? Lest a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. You know what he's really saying there? Unless a man is enlightened. Unless there's regeneration. Unless there's a work of God done in the heart of man, man is going to go on in his sins thinking he's just fine. It's true. Lord, lest, Lord, lighten my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest, oh God, I sleep the sleep of death. God, change my condition. 
God, would you open my spiritual eye that I could see the real condition that I'm in? You know, people don't want to hear this. People don't want to hear that they're blind. I want to look at a few instances. Let's look at a man, maybe you've heard a lot about him, a man named Balaam. This is in Numbers chapter number 22. Numbers chapter number 22, Balak has sent to Balaam that he might come and curse the people of God. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, God said unto Balaam, in verse number 12, 22, 12, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. There's God's Word. What's Balaam going to do? Well, I don't know whether you would agree or not, but Balaam has a desire to be exalted. I believe that's in us. It doesn't matter if you're the bridge inspector, if you're the president of the company, if you're a stay-at-home mom, we would like for our peers to lift us up. Balaam wants to be lifted up. Balaam wants to be exalted. And there's a man that's willing to exalt him if he gets the right message. Balaam is told by God, you don't go with them and you don't curse them. They're blessed. Listen, just listen with me a little bit. Balaam in verse number 13 rose up in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Get you unto your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. Now is that true? That's a partial truth. Are we really saved? Have we really come to the truth? Give me a little time. Balak says, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to exalt you. Verse number 17, I will promote thee to very great honor. Verse number 18, If Balak would give me a house full of silver and gold, I cannot be go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Verse number 20, Verse number 19, Terry, Terry tonight, I'll see what the Lord has to say. Has the Lord already spoken? The Lord has already spoken and given him exactly what he means for Balaam to do. But notice, verse 20, Balaam tarried the night. If the men call, this is what the Lord said to Balaam. If the men call you to get to go, you get up, rise up and go with them. But yet the word that I shall say unto thee, thou shalt, this shall thou do. And, and Balaam rose up in the morning, saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. Is that what God wanted him to do? You see, Balaam's desire... It's got his eyes closed to what's going on. What Balaam wants has got his eyes blinded to what's going on from God's view. I'll try to hurry. So Balaam gets on his ass and starts down the road. 
by the Word of God. The Word of God, it made God angry because Balaam went with them. He told them, you don't go with them and you're not going to curse these people. Balaam gets on his ass, heads down the road, verse 23, and, and the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn. And the ass turned out of the way and went into the field, and Balaam smote the ass to turn her back. What's happened? God is standing in the way uh, that Balaam is headed, and God has got his angel and a sword drawn. The ass has more insight and more vision, and the devils have more vision when Jesus was on the face of the earth than mankind does. Because of man's desires, the deception of the world, the deception of the devil, the fallen nature of man, man is unable to see that God has got his sword drawn and ready to kill the man Balaam. Whether you believe that or not, the Bible says this. What did Balaam do? He smoked the ass, turned her back in the way. So let's look at it like this. Here's the picture. Balaam's headed down a narrow way. God's standing in the narrow way with a sword drawn. Well, as they start down the narrow way, the, the little donkey, the little ass, turns out of the way. Balaam takes his staff and beats the little donkey and turns her back in the way. Uh, friend, the, the sword of the Lord is still drawn. So the next time the, uh, they get into the narrow place and the sword of the Lord is still drawn and the little ass sees that sword drawn and she runs against the side of the wall maybe to escape the sword of the Lord and she, she, she rubs uh, uh, Balaam's foot, a crust his foot against the wall. He smote her again. He still has not seen the vision of the, what the ass has seen. He still has not seen the judgment of God standing right in front of him. People still do not see that God has His sword drawn. They go farther. And the way has gotten narrower. And the angel of the Lord has the sword drawn. And the little donkey, the ass, falls down. And lays down. And Balaam smote her again, and he said, If I had a sword, I'd kill you. I want you to listen to the madness of this man. Read with me, if you will. Verse number 27 that little ass fell down, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. I'll tell you, the eyes of the ass was open. The eyes of Balaam was closed. God opened the mouth of a donkey. God opened the mouth, and listen to this, and the Lord opened the mouth of the ass that she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me three times? And Balaam said to the ass, Because thou hast mocked me. Has Balaam mocked God? Has Balaam mocked God? He's smiting his ass that he's rode for years. 
She has never ever acted this way before. He admits that. Listen. Thou hast mocked me. I would that there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. Now let me ask you to just think for me just a second logically. Not spiritually. Logically. Would you kill a talking ass? You talk about a man that is blind, a man that is mad, a man who has lost his senses. A donkey is talking to Balaam, and Balaam is talking to a donkey, and he wished that he had a sword in his hand that it could kill the donkey. And Balaam is going to be reasoned with by a talking ass. This is a madman. But you know what his real problem is? He's blind. If God doesn't open his eyes, the eyes of the donkey was opened more spiritually. Lord, what you talk about? You talk about bringing man down. That the eyes of a donkey has more spiritual insight and understanding than a man? That's the case we've got, folks. What's he blinded by? Promotion, money, his desire. Read with me, if you will. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? And was I ever wont to do so unto thee? Have I ever acted like this before? He's talking and he's answering. No. No, you've never acted this way. You know, I ought to think. I ought to think. If the ass was falling down, turning out of the way, crushing my foot against the wall, I might ought to open my eyes and think, I wonder why she's acting like this. But you know something? People's eyes are so blinded and so covered over by the devil and by the desire and by the deception that's in man's own heart that he doesn't see that there's a sword drawn out ready to slay us today. If thy God, if you don't open our eyes, we shall sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy shall prevail against me, over me. Who's your enemy? The devil is. But you, your own desires, your own deception is your enemy. Just a little more. The Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel standing in the way with a sword drawn. And he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel said, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass three times? I went out to withstand thee because thy way is perverse. And the ass saw me. Isn't that amazing? The ass saw me. And turn from me these three times. Unless ye had turned from me, surely now also I would have slain thee and saved her alive. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. 
For I knew not that thou stoodest against me. In the way against me, now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. What a liar he is. I didn't know. Do you know the Word of God? Do you know that judgment is coming? Do you know that outside of being born again and the witness of the Holy Spirit of God, that man is going to lift his eyes in hell? Do you realize today without regeneration and a work of God in the heart of man, Balaam said, I don't know, I ask you today, do you know that hell awaits? Do you know that judgment awaits? Do you know that there ought to be a change, a new creature? Do you know that today? Are we blind to that today? See, the truth is, naturally speaking, we're aware of all of that. But the problem is, I don't see it about me. That's what, you know, Anthony, he, he was a terrible sinner. And you know, the preacher, he, he was a terrible sinner too. And he needed somebody to save him. He needed his life changed. I say unto you today, no matter how moral, how upright you may be, you need a life change as well. We're blind. We're blind. So there's Balaam. Let me just read a little of what Peter says, and I'll, I, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to not I'm not going to get through all I want to get through. But listen to what the Bible said. Balaam forsook the right way, gone astray, following the way of Balaam the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked. Listen to these words. But was rebuked. So the word means to expose, to convict, to contradict for his iniquity, his deliberate law-breaking. The little ass rebuked, convicted Balaam for his deliberate law-breaking. My. Rebuked. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade. It stopped him. It checked him. It stayed him. Forbade the madness of the prophet. So that word madness, it means aside from the right mind. Contrary to reason. Blinded, perverse from the grace, and it makes us a fool. You know what the Lord said? He said that Harlots and the publicans are going to go into the kingdom of God before you. You know what they're going to do? You know what the queen of the south is going to do? You know what the children of Sodom and the people of Nineveh are going to do in the day of judgment? They're going to bring conviction upon you. They're going to bring conviction upon a religious people. Our madness, I'll tell you the madness of us being accepted and being promoted and being looked upon and never willing to come down and never realizing our need for a Savior has blinded us to the true condition of who we are and where we are. The sword was there all the time. The little ass saw it, but the prophet couldn't see it. 
because of the madness. Who brings that madness? The devil, your desires, and your own deception. Read with me in Proverbs 14.12. Proverbs 14.12, your own deception. There is a way which seemeth right, it appears. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. But but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know what man is? Man's fallen. He's blind. He's a slave. He loves darkness. He's ignorant of his own condition. He is a man that that is subject to his own passion. Ladies and gentlemen, if God doesn't do a work in our hearts and open our eyes, we're going to go go down the road that everybody else is going down and we're going to justify ourselves. And I'm going to say, you know, I'm on the way. It seems right to me. What does God say about it? What does God say about your way? Can you not see this? That the end of that way is the ways of death? Can you not realize that if it's not Jesus Christ... Oh, preacher, I I made a profession. Is there... You know, I believe Balaam made a profession. I believe Cotton Gentry made a profession. I believe Barbara Waldrop made a profession. I believe Colin Gentry made a profession. Might be several of you that's made professions. I believe this brother right here said he made a profession. But you know something? The Word of God come by and contradicted and rebuked and brought about a reality that we were blind to the spiritual condition we were really in. And if it had not been God that opened my eyes and opened your eyes and opened the eyes of our brother and our sister and many others, uh, today, if it hadn't been for that, we'd have died and went to hell. Thank God that He opened our eyes. How about Samson? What's he blinded by? I believe you could say two things and not be in contradiction. He was blinded by his lust, by his desire, and by love. The Bible said he loved a woman. And the woman, now now this is what she said. How can you say that you love me and you've kept this from me, Samson? But do you know through his desire and his love that he lay right down in the lap of Delilah and she called a man and cut his locks off? I tell you, talk about a man that's blind. Here is a man, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what he thinks? He says, I'll get up, Samson. The Philistines be upon you. We're blinded by the presumption that God is always going to be there. We're blinded because, our friend, we've got by and we've had a good life and this has worked in our favor and that's worked in our favor. I'll tell you that Samson has come to the day that God said, I'll no longer be with you, Samson. Today is the day that your eyes are going to be open and the truth is, the day that your eyes are going to be open, Samson, is the day that the Philistines are going to take them away. He presumed. That's where we are today. Lots and lots of folks think that, why it's just going to go like it's always gone on. No, it's not. 
There's a day of judgment coming. There's a day that your little ass is going to fall down under you and God is going to open your eyes and you're going to see that the sword of the Lord is out to kill you. And if it's not, if it's not through the Word of God and through the mercy of God opening your eyes, you shall lift your eyes in hell and the cause of the blindness Chapter 16 in Proverbs. We looked in 14. Chapter 16. Another very familiar Scripture. I'm sorry. Chapter 21. Chapter 21. Verse 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to justify myself. And I don't care who I have to bring down to justify me. I'm going to justify me by bringing others down. But the Lord is going to try the heart. The Lord is going to try the range. The Lord is going to look on the inside. The Lord is going to give us the Lord is going to give us his diagnosis. The Lord is going to give us the diagnosis of our Condition. I don't want to hear that. No, I tell you what we want to do. We want to go right on into the narrow place with our eyes blinded to the fact that God's got a sword in His hand. And if it wasn't for that little ass, He would have killed Balaam. But know this. Balaam was killed. Balaam died with the rest of the enemy. Joshua, it's in the book of Joshua, in the book of Numbers. Balaam died when the rest of the enemy was destroyed. Know this, friend. If you're not, as our brother said this morning, it's not that God's on my side. If I'm not on His side and they're a witness... I'm on the wrong side. I'm on the side of the enemy. I'm fighting against God. I'm fighting against God's Word. You know what man says? That ain't me. That's not me. And the devil says, why, you're saved. Why, you've been to the altar. Considering here, O Lord my God, lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved, when I fall, when I'm defeated, when I'm overcome. Read a little scripture with me in Matthew chapter number 10, verse number 46. A man's foes be they of his own household. You know something? There's a many a husband that is lying to his wife. Well, honey, you're all right. There's a many of a parent that is lying to their children. Why, you made a profession. I mean, I realize you're living like the devil. I realize that you're out in the world. I realize there's no spirit and power of God, but honey, you're all right. but I'd like to go a little deeper. They of his own household. 
And I realize in the context we're talking about the family. I believe that's true. But let me tell you, there's someone closer than the family. The Word says this, A man's foes, a man's hateful enemy, shall be they of his own household. They of the household, they of the belonging to the house, those that are familiar, those that dwells within, those that reside, those that are in the abode. Let me tell you, the greatest deceiver is me. I'm my greatest deceiver. I am my greatest enemy. When God comes by and tells me that I need salvation and that I need the witness of the Holy Spirit in my life, you know what I say? Oh, oh, no. oh no, Lord. I've been going to church for years. And you know, really, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, most everybody there, except for the preacher, they all think I'm saved. We wouldn't want to come down from that, would we? We wouldn't want to lose our place of exaltation, would we? Though our life doesn't line up, though there's no witness of the Holy Spirit, though we have no spiritual vision of the condition that we're really in, we don't want anybody to question us. Turn with me if you would. Turn with me again to the Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. I wrote down a couple of things. If Alyssa was here, she could probably elaborate on this a lot more than I can. But you know, when they want to look inside a man, when they want to look inside a woman, I believe Ricky Joe said she was probably going to have an MRI in a little while. You know, you can have an x-ray. I believe that's a one-dimensional photograph of the inside. But you know, it's not, a, it's not really all that great of detail. I believe they can see some things. But then there's a CT scan. It's like a multiple x-ray and 3D imaging. It's done real quickly. It, it, it's mostly for the bones and the joint or to show up a blood clot. It, 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 it looks at the organs and the tissues. But then there's the MRI, which is magnetic with radio waves bouncing inside and out of and back to the machine. It, it, it's, a, it's a more detail. It, it is a contrast of tissue. It looks for inflammation. It can find torn ligaments. It looks at the spine and at the nervous system and able to differentiate. You know, maybe, maybe if, if a woman is told that she has breast cancer or a possibility of it, they might look at it with, with, a, with a sonogram. They might look at it that way to start with. Then they might say, well, you know, I believe you, you, you need to, we need to look farther. We need to look at the, we need to look at the tissue in there and see if there's something that stands out in there that makes us wonder what's really going on. I tell you that God can do an x-ray, a CT, and an MRI of the mind and the heart and the inner part of every man, every woman, and every boy, and He can tell us our condition and give us the prognosis. 
I can't look at all the details. But you know, I look. I look and I see the outward symptoms. I look and I see the outward signs. And you know, Linda Gale over the last couple of three weeks has had cataract surgery. Many other older adults here have had that. You know what that is? That's a cloudy growth that goes over the lens of the eye. And we're looking through something with blurry or cloudy vision. You know there's only one way for that to be fixed. It has to be removed. God has to do a work in the heart. So let's look at the Laodicean church for just another minute or two. Listen, that cataract, that didn't come all of a sudden. Little by little, our vision becomes more and more cloudy. Little by little, our vision becomes more and more hampered and we don't see things clearly as we ought to. David said, God, open my eyes. Lord, send the light. You know, I, I can get in the right place and I can read this without these glasses. You put me outside, I can read it. But you let the light go dim, I can't read it. I need glasses, I need a magnifier. The Holy Ghost is the magnifier to reveal unto us our real condition. Laodicea, what kind of shape are they in? I want you to listen now. Who's doing the talking? You know, isn't it amazing that people go through chemo, people go through surgery, people go through radiation, people have feeding tubes put in, People waste away to a skeleton on the word of a doctor they've never seen, never known, don't know anything about him, and they take his word. He has done an MRI or a CT scan, and they say, well, sir, you've got cancer, and this is what we prognose, this is our prognosis, and this is what we think you're going to have to do if you're going to overcome it. We believe him. When God says you're lost, when God says, let me give you my prognosis, I have looked on the inside, I've done an x-ray, I've done a CT, I've done an MRI, I've looked on the inside of you, and let me tell you this, I see what is in contrast, I see what's out of order, I see what's broken, I see where it's torn, I see where the problem is, and I know how to fix it. Will you believe that? Will you believe that God knows you Laodicea. He that hath an ear, verse 13, 3.13, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit... Who's speaking? The third person of the Godhead. Listen, folks. There's a church inside a church here. There's some genuine people in Laodicea that are genuinely saved. And there's some people in Laodicea who are not saved. There's people at Sardis who are saved. And there are people at Sardis who are not saved. 
in Liberty Baptist Church, there are, is a real church here, and there are church members here who are not a part of the real church. David said, Oh God, enlighten my eyes, lest, Lord, if you don't do this, my enemy is going to prevail against me when I fall. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I pray God will give you an ear. I pray this morning that God would open your spiritual ear. I pray that God would do for you what He did for Lydia over at Philippi, that God would open your heart that you might be attentive to what the Word of God says. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen the firm, the true, the sure, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Let me tell you something, folks. God's called in His second witness. You want a second opinion? God has called a second opinion in. The Holy Ghost said, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, says, you're lost. The Word of God says, you're lost. Let me bring my true and my faithful witness. Let me tell you this, this witness is known by the judge of all creation. This witness is credible. This witness has never lied. The honest to God truth is, this witness cannot lie. When he says there's something wrong with me, let me tell you, there's something wrong with me. When God says there's something wrong and something out of, out of it's in contrast, then the rest of the Word of God, there's something in contrast to being a child of God. Know this, what He says is the truth. It's the truth. He cannot lie. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were. I would that you were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm... And neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blinded naked. Now listen to God's diagnosis. I counsel to thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. White raiment that thou mayest be clothed. That the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye save that thou mayest see. I believe we ought to start at the end of the list first. I believe we ought to start with anointing our eyes with eye save. I could realize I'm naked. I believe if my eyes were open, I could see that I have no true gold. I believe if God would open my eyes and help me to see the real condition, I believe that I could realize that the shame of my nakedness is going to come up and it's going to fall on me. I'm going to be found naked, not just before my fellow man, not before the wife and family, not before the church. I'm going to be found naked before God Almighty. But you know what he says? I counsel thee. Let me give you some advice today, the Holy Spirit says. Anoint your eyes with eye save. That word means to rub into. 
I believe God's sent us a little word today for us to look on the inside and see as God sees. God has sent us a little word today, and I believe you could say it like this, God has poured it out on us. Will you rub it in? Will you rub that Word of God? Will you rub that in that God has poured out today? Or will you deny it? Will you come to the Word of God today? Are they rich? Monetarily and naturally, they're probably one of the richest places in Southeast Asia or Asia. They've got black sheep. They've got an eye clinic. They've got the riches. They're a great rich port. All kinds of goods are coming in and flowing out of Laodicea. But God said this, You say that you're rich. You say that you're increased with goods. And you don't need one thing. I tell you, here's a people that's self-exalted. Here's a people that are trusting in self. Here is a people that do not have any spiritual vision of where they really are. Here are a people that's headed to God spewing them out completely and wholly out of His mouth. But He says, I counsel thee. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. And white raiment, how are you going to buy this? I tell you how you're going to buy this. You're going to buy this by selling everything else you've got. Spiritually speaking, you're going to buy this like Paul bought it. You're going to buy this by counting all of your goodness, all of your church membership, all of your morality. You're going to buy this by discounting and by getting rid of all of your morality and all of your natural goodness and all of your natural riches. If you want the true riches that's been tried, you see, the truth is your righteousness is hardly ever tried. The preacher gets up and tries it with the Word of God and you get mad. But I'll tell you this, your riches are going to be tried by God one day. Let me tell you where the true riches are. The true riches have been tried in the furnace of fire. The true riches have been tried by all of man around Jerusalem and Galilee and Bethsaida. And the true riches were tried at Pilate's Hall. And the true riches were tried on the cross of Calvary. And the true riches were tried on Sunday morning. And ladies and gentlemen, the true riches came forth. The real riches is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ who paid for my sin. Have you ever been tried like that? Has God ever looked on the inside of you to see what's on the inside of you? Let me ask you, what would He find? See, we're blind. We're blinded by the natural riches and the natural blessings of this life. We're blinded by that and we don't really see any need. God said, anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. (coughs) 
You know where you are today? Naked. You know, you might have a dream. It's wonderful that it's a dream, isn't it? And you dream some terrible things. Maybe you're in a pit of snakes. Maybe you walked out of the house naked. Maybe somebody's after you with a gun. Maybe somebody's got a knife over top of you getting ready to plunge. And thank God you wake up, it's a dream. This is no dream. Right now, you're in the dream. You're in the dream world. But the truth is, God said, I want you to come to reality. I want you to come to the truth. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye save. You know, I believe he said this in Corinthians. He said, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Would you examine yourself today? Isn't that, isn't that what the ladies do? Isn't that what the doctor says to the ladies, ladies when you're in the shower? He says that to men too. You find something unusual, there's an unusual uh, uh, something outside, there's something unusual, you feel it. In, in the man or the woman, either one, you feel something. You know what you want to do? You want to get another opinion, don't you? Something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't seem right. There's something that's abnormal here. Let me get another opinion. Let me get a higher education. Let me get someone who is more versed to examine me. There's no greater examiner than who we're reading about right here. And the examiner said, examine yourself by the Word of God. Anoint thine eyes with eye salve. <laughs> you know, here we are, and we have no spiritual perception. David said, Lord, if you don't open my eyes, I'm going to die. I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. Would you, would you think with me about this Scripture? In Matthew chapter 7, He said, Many will say unto me in that day. What day is that day? Judgment Day. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many things? Let me ask you. Did they lay down and sleep and think they were going to wake in heaven? Yeah. <coughs> Lest you sleep the sleep of death. We lay down and we think in our carnal mind and by our natural thinking, we think we're okay. But David said, Lord, if you don't open my eyes and enlighten me, I'm going to lay down and sleep. And it's going to be the sleep of death. I'm going to wake up and turn death. Lazarus died. And the next time we see him is in Abraham's bosom. The rich man died. And they had a funeral for him. Buried him. And in hell he licked his eyes. You think he laid down thinking he was just fine? I tell you, God is speaking to our hearts today. Just a little bit more. Listen to Paul in Acts chapter 26. Here's Paul before he's enlightened. Acts chapter 26, verse 9. 
And I verily. So that word, that word means certainly, truly, with affirmation, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He was convinced. He used to believe. He said, I thought within myself. I mean, I thought truly. What was he? I tell you what he was. He was a blasphemer. He was a persecutor. He was the most religious and the most zealous man that was in Israel at that time. And he was a lost man on the way to hell. God opened his eyes. Would your eyes be open today? Would you question today whether you're genuinely saved or not? Listen to what the Bible says. I believe it's in Isaiah chapter... Isaiah chapter 6, chapter 5. Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. And their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their pomp. You know, Balaam, Balaam, he was exalted, wasn't he? Samson was an exalted man. But you know how Samson died? He died holding the pillars of the Philistine. I realize that he killed more in his death. But look at his condition. His eyes poked out. All of his glory brought to nothing. Making fun of him. My God, what a fool I would be to reject what God has said to me. What a fool that I would be today to go on with my natural sight and to think that all of the natural blessings means I'm saved. My people are doomed. My people are brought into captivity. My people are in captivity because they have no knowledge. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and, and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory, their multitude, their pomp, and he that rejoiceth. You know what? We're living in a world that rejoices in iniquity today. We're in a world who likes the glory in self today. But all of their glory, all of their pomp, all of that that is so, so uh, 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 desired by the world. Lord, enlighten my eyes. Lord, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. What about you today? Would you come today in honesty? Would you come today in repentance? Would you come today and beg God to save you and put the witness of His Holy Spirit in your life to where you could know?